Luke chapter 5, starting in uh, verse 12, and I'm just going to read through verse 15. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who's, uh, who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Uh, I've just got three things I want to share uh, with you this morning. And really the last two are just wrapped up in the first one. So it's really one primary point, I think, of, of the text. Uh, and so let's start here. I want you to see this morning that despite, our, uh, despite knowing the depths of, of our dirtiness, God desires to touch our lives. Despite knowing the, the depths of our, our dirtiness, God desires to touch our lives. And I, I love this story, and I know that it's only four verses, and I know that camping out on four verses when we're trying to get through the entire Gospel of Luke in a short amount of time is probably going to throw us off schedule a little bit. Um, but I, I think there's so much in these four verses that, that, that it's worth it. Uh, it. There's just depth in this passage if we'll take the time to see it and understand it. So uh, first we've got to start here. This is a very real and a very true story. Okay, uh, this isn't fiction. I know we live in a world full of, of great fictitious stories. Maybe you spend part of your holiday going to watch some sort of fiction like in a galaxy uh, far, far away. Maybe that's, that was part of your Christmas break. It was part of our Christmas break, and that's fine. That's fiction, right? That's fiction. Uh, but this is fact. This is a true story uh, of a real man with a very real serious disease and, and, and a real savior with the ability to really cure and, and heal. And, and, uh, and, and what I love is, is that this story, this very real story, and remember, this is a physician that's recording these things, right? Luke is blown away by these kind of tales because he's a physician. He's never seen this kind of healing happen. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. And so he's recording this because it really stands out to him. And, and so he, he records this story. And what I love about this story is that it's a picture. It's actually a portrait of the gospel itself. This is a picture of what God longs to do in each of our lives. This isn't just a story about a leper. This is a story about how God desires to interact with every single one of us. How God desires to cleanse all who are dirty. This is our story. That's why I love the text. This is, our, this, is, this is like a spiritual selfie. That's really what it is. If we're going to put it in today's terms, this is where the gospel gets real, where the rescue that we've talked about and we've been waiting for uh, begins to happen. This is where the captives begin to be set free. And so I pray this morning, as we look at the story, it'll make sense to you. So let's start with the man. Uh, he's got leprosy. 
He's got leprosy. Now, that doesn't really make sense to us because today, while uh, there is some leprosy, leprosy in, by a large part is curable today, but in biblical times it was not. There was no cure for leprosy in biblical times, none. None. And what leprosy is, uh, really, it, it, it's uh, a disease that attacks the skin and, uh, and the nerves and, and the limbs. And what it does is it leads to a loss of feeling in your extremities, Okay. And so that loss of feeling in your extremities is really what causes the stuff that we think about as leprosy. Because when you can't feel your extremities, uh, your skin or your fingertips or your toes, uh, you begin to, to scrape them or to hurt them, and you don't even notice that that's happened. And that leads to secondary infections. And it's the secondary infections that would eat away at the flesh and cause loss of tissue damage, not the disease itself. But leprosy, basically, because of that, is kind of like some people would call it death by inches. Just slowly began to die. Slowly, your skin would begin to get infected and, and, and begin to die, and you'd lose a tissue. And so it, it was so feared during this time, during, during, during the biblical days, uh, that they actually um, they would force people to leave their homes. They could no longer live with their families. Um, they would force them to live in, in, in colonies uh, or, or, or places where there were other lepers. Uh, and and uh, some scholars actually say they, they would force these people to tie bells around their necks so that if they were out walking about, you could hear that a leper was coming so that you wouldn't be unclean. If they heard you coming, uh, they would have to cry out. Uh, this is like law, unclean, unclean. And if you're on one side of the road, they would actually have to pass to the other side of the road. Okay. And, and so if, if you can kind of imagine uh, this guy, this guy, according to, to law, according to, to custom, he is considered completely unclean. He is uncurable. This man is the dirtiest of, of the dirty. And, and, and this, this, this kind of man, I mean, this is the guy that comes and he falls at Jesus' feet. And he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me. You can make me the, the, the dirtiest of the dirty. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Word willing, it, it means if it's your will, if, if you resolve to do it, or my favorite, it means if you desire. Lord, if, if you desire, you can make me clean. You, you can do it. Verse 13, it says, Then Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. I am, I, I, I do so desire. Now, I want you to see, to get the picture, right? I mean, this guy is, is unclean. He, he, is, he is the dirtiest of, of the dirty. And, and then we've got Jesus. So we've got the dirty guy, and then we've got Jesus. Now, Jesus is God. Scripture says he is holy, 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 which means he is completely pure, completely perfect, completely clean. So, so the, we've got this great contrast. Now, law would say, okay, the law of the day would say that if somebody clean were to touch an unclean person, that they would become unclean. 
And then they would have to go through the ceremony that's listed here about going to the priest and making an offering. And they'd have to go through this ceremonial purification to, to be deemed clean again. But I want you to see the power of Jesus. You see, I mean, what this text is showing us, there is no stain, there is no amount of dirt or disease that can make Christ be unclean. None. The power of Jesus is such that instead when he comes into contact with dirt or disease or death for that matter, that he actually makes those dirty things clean because of who he is. That's the depth of our our text. Instead of he makes the dirty, he makes the defiled clean and he does so. And this is what uh, blows me away. He does so by the power of touch. Can you imagine? I'm going to ask you to use your imaginations this morning all throughout today's message. Now, for some of you, that's harder than it used to be, right? We figured everything out. We don't have to imagine anything anymore. We've got all the answers. Kids or grandkids come to us and they bring you a pile of Legos and they want you to build something. What do you ask for immediately? Instructions. So we've lost our imaginations. I'm going to ask you to regain it this morning. I want you to think through the text. That's part of live love. You have to reflect on the scriptures. You're trying to walk through them. I want you to imagine how long this man was in this condition. What do you think? Just throw a number out there. It doesn't have to be accurate this morning. We're just, we're just guessing. I wonder if it was, what, what if it was only a year or two? Say a year or two, that, well, that's not too bad. A year or two, over, over 600 days without contact from a person. Now, I, I know some of you, like some of you with kids, like you'd be okay with, with a day without contact. 600? What, what, if, it was, what if it was five years? 1,600 days? it was 10. Start doing that math in 65 days a year. We have no idea. We don't know. But I just, I want you to just imagine what that must have been like. Labeled a leper. He's an outcast. He's untouchable. And he comes to Jesus and he just wants to be healed. He's just tired of his condition. Ever been there? Ever been tired of your condition? You ever just wanted a change in your circumstances? And so he comes to Jesus and he just wants to be healed. If, if, if you're willing, I know that you can heal me, right? And, and Jesus knows this man's... Con- like Jesus of all people knows the depths of, of, of the dirt. And, and so what he does, therefore, just astounds me. Because Jesus has the power to just speak the word and it'll be done. But Jesus doesn't stand off at a distance and say, Oh yeah, go be healed. Don't come near me. You just, you go get right and then we can talk. See, see because that would be really the opposite of the gospel. That, that would be about a God that doesn't want anything to do with us until we're, we're, like, that's the opposite. So God is holy, and God is perfect, and God is just, but God also has the power to make the unholy holy, and He does it by touching our lives. 
And so God does the unthinkable. The Holy One reaches out, reaches down, and touches the dirty. He touches him. Notice he touches him before he speaks to him. He touches him. I mean, I'm just reading the text to you. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he says then. I desire to heal you. I desire to touch your life. This is why Jesus has come. The the Messiah, the Savior of all. And and, and this is what the kingdom of God looks like, right? It's the holy, it's the clean, it is the righteous reaching out, reaching down, and touching the dirty in order to make them clean. Jesus stepped out of heaven to do this. Jesus was born of a virgin, he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross in order to do this. To touch the dirty and to make them clean. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have the guts of this guy. Because this is a gutsy deal right here. To know your condition and to still come before Jesus and go, Hey, I know you can do this. This takes guts. And maybe you're here and, and you don't have the kind of guts yet. Maybe you're here and you, you want a change. You want to be different. But you're just afraid. Maybe you're trying to clean yourself up first. Do you know how many people I meet? That's their story. They're trying to heal themselves. They're trying to clean themselves up in order to go to God. They're they're, they're worn out and they're weary and they're frustrated and they feel like failures. Because they're trying to heal an incurable disease in order to be clean enough for God. And if that's you, I just I, I want to speak love over you this morning. I want to speak grace over you this morning. I just, I, I, I just want you to receive this this morning. You can't do that. The disease that you and I have is incurable on our own and by ourselves. We need the mercy of God. We need the grace of God. We need the power of God. We need the touch of Jesus in our lives. So this morning, I would just challenge you. I I don't know what it is. I don't know where you need that touch. I don't know what area it might be. But I do know this. I know that we need Jesus. I know that he is the answer. And so I, I want to challenge you this morning. Uh, I want to challenge you this morning. Let, let, God, let God touch your life. Let God touch your life, okay? Two more things I'll share with you and we'll be done. <clears throat> Number two, I, I want you to see this. When, when God touches us, we're fully restored. There is an aim behind the touch, by the way. There's an aim. There's a reason. Jesus could have spoken the words. There's a reason he touches him. Uh, there, there's a reason behind it all. We find that in verse 14. It says, Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Why on earth would Jesus provide these instructions? Man is healed. It gets done. He's healed. The leprosy is gone. 
why go through the motions of, of going back to the priest? Why? Because his aim is to restore him fully. That's his aim. This man has become an outcast because of his leprosy. He is no longer considered a citizen. He is on the outside looking in. He's living in a colony. He can't go home. He's by himself. He is excluded from worship. He's excluded from the kingdom of Israel. He's excluded from citizenship at this point. That's who he is because of his condition. And, and, and Jesus' goal and, and, and the goal of, of his healing in our lives is always complete restoration. His, his goal is to restore him fully. You know, the Bible says that that's our story too. Maybe you hadn't read it in a while. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I just want to paint the, the picture for you again if, if you don't see the parallels. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 11. I want you to think about this man. I want you to think about the fact that he has lost everything. His family, his home, his job, his place in in society that's been labeled unclean. He's been cast out from his people. He is now a foreigner. He's now an alien amongst his uh, people in his own land. He can't worship. He can't go to the temple. He's on the outside looking in. And I want you to think about that as we read these verses. It says, therefore, remember that formerly... You who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. It's who you were. That is our story. This is who we were. We were on the outside looking in. We were foreigners and we were aliens. And Jesus has come evidently to do something about that kind of condition. I want you to read what he does. Just read on verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, this is why he's come. You who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and its regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he came to put death to their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people. Let me read that again. Just just let 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people. Jesus' aim was to fully restore this man. He tells him to go and show himself to the priest because part of that restoration is about citizenship. This man was a foreigner and an alien in his own land. And Jesus came to heal him 
and to restore him and to make him a member and make him a citizen of the kingdom again. Friends, the Bible says that our sin has separated us from God. That's what it does. Because of our sin, which is uncurable on our own and by ourselves, we became foreigners and aliens to all of God's promises and to God's covenants. That includes grace, friends. That includes the new covenant. Because of our sin, we're foreigners to that. But through Christ, by the power of his blood, when he reaches out and touches our lives, he does so to completely restore our citizenship in the kingdom of God. And if you're in Christ Jesus today, that's who you are. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. But more than that, more than that, if you're in Christ today, you're also a part of his family. So here's our third point. I want you to see this. When God touches us, we are finally reunited with our family. We're still in Ephesians 2, just that last part of 19. It says, consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Members of his house. You're part of, of the family. And, and uh, again, I, I, I like to walk through the Bible. Uh, people kind of ask, how, how, do you, how do you do this on a regular basis to uh, teach the word? And, and how, do you, how do you try to do that passionately? I think the only way you can do it is to try to live the scriptures, which is painful at times. But the goal is to walk in the shoes of, of whoever's in the text. And so, I, again, I'm going to challenge you this morning. Would you just do that with me for a moment? Just use your If you've got to close your eyes to use your imagination, that's fine. But I, 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 I want to challenge you to put yourself uh, here. You, you know that lepers are forced to leave their families behind, to, to live in colonies with others uh, that have been infected with this deadly disease. And so I, I try to imagine uh, myself and my situation. And so the, the circumstances will be different for you. But try to put yourself there. Can you imagine the fear that begins to take over when you wake up that morning and you feel that first rough patch on your face. You're touching it and there's no, oh, maybe I, I got some kind of skin lesion. That'll, that'll be fine. That'll be okay. Maybe you, 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 you the fear, you, you begin to think, maybe, could, could it be? No, surely not. And you start to think, wait a second, I, I'm the breadwinner. I've got four kids and a wife that depend on me fully. I can't, this can't be. Start to feel the numbness and the tingling in your fingers. It goes in and out for a while. And you, it's just some kind of nerve. I'm getting old. It's my sciatic. Just, it's, just, it's just not what it used to. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to come back. It's fine. And after a while, and you see the nicks and the cuts but you don't feel them. See some deterioration on the tips of your fingers and you know now you're just mad at yourself. You're afraid that maybe you stayed too long because of your stubbornness. What if you've infected your wife or your kids? Why don't you try to think about the goodbye as you pack up all of your possessions and you can't even hug your wife or your kids, or give them a kiss or tell them goodbye. 
think about that goodbye as you pack up all your possessions and from a distance you just maybe can blow them a kiss or wave. You think about the isolation that follows, the loneliness. Maybe you wrap yourself up, not just trying to hide your face and what's going on, but just so you can see your family and your children grow from a distance. You're there, you're present, but you're in the background. They can't see you, they don't know. Just think about the separation and the loneliness, and, and, and that's the life, that's, that's it. And you're destined to die that way. But then think about this. Hope invades that situation. You hear of one who possesses the power to turn water into wine. Who possesses the power to make lame men walk and blind men see. And so you run to this man. And and even though culturally, like you're breaking every law and commandment you can think about your situation, you run and you fall at this man's feet and you cry out, Lord, if you are willing, I know that you can heal me. I want you to think about the joy of the moment that that man reaches out his hand and says, I am willing, be clean. And and those words ring so true because it's not just speaking about physical healing, but, but it actually talks about spiritual cleansing. Be free from guilt. Be free from shame. I want you to think about the moment that, that you get up and you're healed. And I want you to think about the joy of that return. Can you imagine returning home to the family you never thought you'd be able to hug or kiss? Can you imagine the joy of of that, that celebration that would happen at that point? When you get to wrap your arms around, I'd kiss everyone on the mouth, I wouldn't even care. You know what I'm saying? All boys, grandkids, mother in law, that's right. Everybody, we're kissing everybody on the mouth today, baby. And the joy in that celebration, and here's the deal, friends, the Bible, it, it lets us in a little bit on what that kind of joy might be like. It's found in Luke chapter 15. So I want to challenge you, turn with me to Luke chapter 15, and, and just, just in case your imagination's broken and you need some instruction. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 a story here about this kind of reunion, about a reluctant son who's ready to confess his sin and a loving father that desires nothing more than just the one that he thought he had lost. Luke 15, verse 17, I'm going to read through 24. It says, when he came to his senses, the son said to himself, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare and here I am starving to death. I'll sit out and I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired men. I'm not worthy to be a son, I'll just be a servant. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. I'm saying on the mouth. 
And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He's saying, I am dirty, Dad. But the father says to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe that I have and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and put sandals on his dirty feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. And so they began to celebrate. For the son was finally home, reunited with his family. I don't have to tell you guys what our role is in that story. We're the prodigals. God's the father. We're the dirty ones. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, does it? See, this is the gospel. This is the good news. Your father loves you so much. He just desires to be with you. He just desires to be with you. He will heal you. He will cleanse you. He will restore you. And ultimately, he'll reunite you with himself. With himself. That's the goal. That's the goal. So what do we do um, with verses like this? We run across verses like this. It's hard to lump them in with other stories, isn't it? Probably camp out here for a a few more weeks. Here's my challenge to you. And I, I know we're in the early service. I know most of you are Christians. I get it. Here's my challenge to you nonetheless. Let God touch your life right now. Just right now, right where you are. Because the truth is we all need healing, and we all need cleansing. I want you to let God touch your life this morning. No cleaning up on your part. I'm just going to ask you in a moment to just give him the whole mess. It's hard to do for some of you, right? Come on, be honest. How many of you have been doing the Christian thing for a while now? Come on, be a while. You've done it for a while, right? You know what the Christian life is like a lot of, a lot of times what we fall into? Does anybody uh, entertain people at your house? Anybody host people? Come on. You have people over for dinner every once in a while? Jeff's like, yeah, we do. I'm married to Gina Carter. Yep, we, we, she's the hostess with the mostest by sure. Come on, how many people, you had people over for Christmas or holidays? You host people, okay? You have people over your house, right? And when you, when you have people, like we host a small group. It's one of the things we can do. By the way, little, little plug, we need some small group hosts, okay? So if you'd like to host a small group, see Alan after the service or email us at FB, uh, office at fbcelgin.org. Uh, here's the deal. A lot of times when you get used to hosting people, you get into a, you know exactly how to clean up the place. You know the closet that everything's stored in. You know the drawer that you're going to put things in. Okay? You know, you know how quickly you can and cannot sweep and mop. You've got it down to a science. Sometimes when we've been doing this a long while, we think the same is true about God. Well, I'm going to go to church. Let me clean up for a second. 
Let me clean up. Right? Let me, let me put this junk in the drawer. Let me throw it in the closet. Meanwhile, the house is still dirty. The living room looks nice. Right? You can sit there. The kitchen is clean. But don't open a drawer. Whoo, doggies. Especially that one over by the telephone. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. Sometimes if you're in a real hurry, right? Sometimes it's like the oven or a cabinet, by the way. I heard a horror story of somebody. Somebody was coming over. And so they took... They, they, like they had some, some old dishes out, like, and it just too much. So they filled the dishwasher, and there's still a thing with kind of like some leftover meat stuff. In, and they took it, and they shoved it in a cabinet because somebody was coming over. And you know what happened when the people left? They forgot about it until the smell came back a few weeks later. Ooh. Jesus wants to clean the whole house. Wants to clean the whole house. Complete restoration. Complete reunion. He wants to clean your whole house. And he will if you'll let him. If you'll let him. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray.